action as it happens. And your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers and Celtic go into cold storage after another huge night of European action and return tomorrow before that can Motherwell get back to winning ways can Jack Ross make it three in the bounce and how will St Mirren fare in Aberdeen just some of the questions that will be answered by the end of an afternoon which has seen the lower league fixtures frostbitten I'm Gordon Duncan joining me this afternoon is Alex Ray Craig Beatty and Hugh Kevens The sun is shining Scottish football is glowing what's not to love this afternoon it's St Andrew Day. Could it be St Mirren's Day as they travel to Petaudry on the back of seven successive away defeats? Could it be St Johnston's Day to get off the bottom of the table? Jack Ross already has a halo above his head at Easter Road. Two games, two wins as Hibs manager. And I'm here with a chorus of angels for a ding-dong, merrily on high. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant What an introduction uh, I'm looking forward to today's games Gordon You know some important ties Aberdeen will be looking to kick on Some decent form of late And uh, some men will be looking to get back to back wins After a good win last week Hibs as Hugh says Have been looking to continue I'll be looking for four wins in the bounce Hugh Which is mm. remarkable When you think a couple of weeks ago They couldn't buy a win Livingston Ackies Big big game You know they haven't won uh, In 11 I think it is now That Livy Ackies haven't won in seven, so something's got to give there for Fraser Wishart and uh, Motherwell St Johnson. Tough venue for St Johnson to try and pick up anything. Last time the Ackies won was against Livy. Brilliant. Yeah, big one for, for Hibs for me today. And, you know, I mentioned it last week. And, um, you know, I think kudos to, to Eddie May for, for writing the, the, the blueprint um, for Jack Ross to then continue. You know, they've got three wins. Uh, sorry yeah three wins and a bounce I've got um, and I, I really fancy Hibs to win again today and I think it's going to be a really difficult weekend for the, the teams that are ninth so hearts down at the bottom of the division I can't see them picking up any points today so a difficult weekend for the teams at the bottom and of course Hugh Keevans as you mentioned last night we're pretty much the footballing capital of the yeah. world at the moment given yeah. the exploits in the Europa League over the last couple of weeks so long may it continue yeah Scottish football is in a good place on the park we could be doing with a clean up off the park but Scottish football is glowing because of great performances by Celtic and Rangers in Europe once again it reflects well in the Scottish game it makes everyone feel better it improves the coefficient table and this afternoon while we wait for Celtic and Rangers to play Ross County in Hearts tomorrow this afternoon there are many talking points Okay, let's start by going around the grounds then four big games in the Premiership this afternoon two to take place tomorrow Uh, let's start in the capital Jack Ross returning to Easter Road watched by Roger Hanna Yeah, two in a row for Jack Ross three in a row for Hibernian has fired them into the top six and right tight behind Kilmarnock in this what's going to be a push for Europe you would suspect in the second half of last season Um, as Craig said at the top of the show Eddie May found the blueprint with a 4-1 win at St Johnson a couple of weeks ago when he paired Christian Deutsch, a reborn Christian Deutsch up top with Florian Camberry. It's done the trick now in three consecutive games and he'll be hoping it's going to be four this afternoon. Unsurprisingly for Jack, it's an unchanged Hibernian lineup here at Easter Road this afternoon. That means it's Chris Maxwell in goal at the back. Jason Naismith, Ryan Porte is Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. Melker Halberg just in front and it's a three of Vikintas Slivka, Scott Allen and Joe Newell behind that front pairing of Camberry and Deutsch. On the bench, Marciano, Jackson, James, Marlon, Horgan, Boyle and Shaw. Big 
blow for Kilmarnock who I saw them seven days ago for Super Scoreboard demolish Hearts by three goals to nil at Rugby Park two from Chris Boyd and one from the lone front man Eamon Brophy he misses out this afternoon he's overcome a midweek knock but he's down with illness and that means a start at Hibs for former Hearts striker Osman so it's the only change from the team that beat the Jambos last Saturday Lorentu Berenescu is in goal the back four of Stevie O'Donnell Dario Del Fabro Ali Bruce and Nico Hamalainen midfield three Gary Dicker Alan Power and Moel McCraney with Chris Burke and Rory McKenzie either side of the recalled Osman so on the bench it's Koprivec Hendry Johnson Miller Jackson Wilson and Thomas the referee Easter Road Gordon is Kevin Clancy OK let's go and keep going around some of our other venues then the Livingston Hamilton game at the Tony Macaroni Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on that one yeah neither team in particularly good form Gordon or high in confidence coming into this one Livy with one win the last 10 games 10 league games that is 11 including the cup tie against Rangers another than Celtic win the last victory was here in August against St Murn and they've slipped back into the relegation fight that's that decent uh, unbeaten start first four games they were unbeaten but since then it's been poor poor form from Livingston even at this early stage games like this are so important and I'm sure Gary Holt and Brian Rice will be knowing and telling these players how important it is to win against the teams around them they're both slipped bo- towards the bottom of that table which is beginning to take shape much as expected alongside Ross County and St Murn but Aki's themselves not exactly in great run uh, either good performance against Rangers last time out but lost about one win in 12 and as Hugh says the last time they, they won a game was when they beat Livy towards the end of September three points in seven games since so no surprise they find themselves at the bottom of the table so all in all I expect a close game here both sides well aware of the importance two big strong powerful teams I think it'll be physical especially when you look at the players that are playing up front for both teams the team news for Livingston one change to a team that lost heavily at Celtic last week Keegan Jacobs back in the midfield for McMillan Matthias Sarkic is in goals a back four of Steve Lawson Ricky Lamy John Guthrie and Aaron Taylor Sinclair Marvin Bartley sits in the midfield four ahead of him Stephen Lawless Scott Pittman Keegan Jacobs and Robbie Crawford with Lyndon Dykes as the lone striker subs Ross Stewart Craig Sibyl Scott Robinson Amen Souda Hakeem Odafan Chris Erskine and Jack McMillan just one sorry two changes as well sorry for Hamilton Ackes with a team that played Rangers last week Sam Stubbs is back from suspension for young Jamie Hamilton goes on to the bench and Stephen Davis has pulled his hamstring George Oakley starts up front Luke Southwood in goals Aaron McGowan Sam Stubbs Brian Easton and Scott McMahon at the back in midfield Lewis Smith Johnny Hunt Alex Gogic and Mikael Miller with George Oakley and Marius Ompo as the strikers subs Owen Fon Williams Will Collard Ross Cunningham David Moyo Sean Watt Scott Martin and Jamie Hamilton and the referee today at Livingston is Willie Collum Don't you worry don't you listen to what everyone's got to say about that fixture Fraser these two played out a three-all draw a six-goal thriller just a few months ago you and your reputation for low-scoring games will be absolutely fine this afternoon I'm not too sure about right, that okay. I think this will be a tight one Nil-nil Hopefully it is <laughs> And I think it will be a draw Hopefully we'll get a w- at least one each Trying to cut him some slack Hugh Keevans But he's not interested That's fine Let's keep going then Round the grounds Where else? Aberdeen against St Mirren at Pataudry Dave Galloway is keeping an eye on that one Thanks very much uh, Gordon Well St Mirren haven't won here since May 2011 when a 1-0 victory ensured they avoided relegation Bossium Goodwin was in the same team and with his side sitting 10th on goal difference currently but joint bottom on points how we'd love a repeat of that scoreline this afternoon he insists the buddies are capable of beating anyone on their day and a win would also be a belated birthday present for Goodwin who turned the rifle 
old age of 38 this week. Aberdeen, on the other hand, they're uh, very determined to put things right after a really poor performance last weekend at nine-man St Johnston, whom they could only draw 1-1 with. And the Dons want to round off a positive few days on a high following Dave Cormack's announcement as their new chairman with £5 million of fresh investment coming into the club as well. Let's take a look uh, at the teams then. Uh, Aberdeen make uh, three changes. In come Zach Viner, Dean Campbell and John Gallagher out drop uh, from the starting lineup. Shea Logan, Mikey Devlin and Curtis Main. So it's Joe Lewis in goals. Across the back, Zach Viner, Scott McKenna, Andy Considine and Greg Lee. Two sitting midfielders, Lewis Ferguson and Dean Campbell. Further forward, Niall McGinn, John Gallagher and Ryan Hedges up top for the Dons. Sam Cosgrove substitutes Cherney, Logan, Devlin, McLennan, Wilson, Anderson and Maine. Just the one change for St Minnan. In comes Tony Andrew, outdrops Ilke Dermis to the bench. So it's Vaclav Hiladki in goals. Back four, Paul McGinn, Gary McKenzie, Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters. Midfield five by the looks of things. Kyle McGinnis, Ryan Flynn, Sam Foley, Stephen McGinn and Tony Andrew with uh, Jonathan Obika up front. The substitutes for the Saints, uh, Linus, uh, Dermis, McAllister, Mullen, Marias, Cook and McPherson. And your match referee here at Pataudry, Stephen McLean. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with the home boss, Derek McInnes. We expect him to come in and sit in against us for straight. We've seen it often enough at Pataudry over the years where teams come up and... Uh, you know, the, the emphasis on us to go and play with a bit of tempo, um, play with the right kind of speed that can go and upset the opposition. But we're well aware they're a strong counter-attacking threat. I watched them run out against Hibs, you know, and I thought they were very good in the game. I thought they had two best chances in the game prior to Hibs scoring. Um, and, you know, they'll be disappointed they haven't come away with something because the performance was good. So we're well aware of Simon's capabilities and that's what we've got to make sure we try and come up with a performance that can, can beat them. So Derek McKinnis they're up against Jim Goodwin this afternoon. Aberdeen, um, you only need to look at their team. You know, Curtis Main started up front with Cosgrove against St Johnston in the last game. You've got McKenna and Devlin at the back. Um, you know, you've got Boy Lee in, in the middle of the pitch who's about six two as well. So they've got you know, when I talk about physicality, I'm not I'm not just tarring uh, Aberdeen with that brush of, you know, being a long ball direct team. That's not what I'm trying to say at all, but you know, we need to try and stop the ball coming in our box. You know, they're very dangerous to set plays. A lot of the goals come from set plays. You can clearly see when we watch their footage back that they spend a long time in the training ground working on corner kicks and wide free kicks and they've scored a number of goals already this season from those areas. So how much of St Mirren's task this afternoon, Alex Ray, is going to be about stopping Sam Cosgrove? Yeah, without a doubt, I think he's got 17 goals already, Gordon. Uh, he has improved dramatically, considering, the, I think, the first six months or so, he scored one goal. And then from then on in, if the, the second half of the season last year, the first half of this season, you're looking at a guy who's got 30 or goals, which is a remarkable return. And uh, he has continued to develop his all-round game. We take last week's goal. But uh, he's absolutely right, Jim. If you stop the service coming into the box, it nullifies a lot of the good things, which is his strengths. Derek McInnes, though, says that uh, St Mirren will come to frustrate. Well, a look at the league table tells you they're not very good at it. Seven away games, seven defeats. 
Yeah, they've only scored three goals away from home as well this season. You know, two of them against Hearts um, a couple of weeks ago, and they scored against Ross County. So, listen, we know they have issues scoring goals and, and playing against McKenna and Devlin, both Scottish internationals, big, strong. I just don't see where St Mirren are going to score a goal today. At the same time, as much as St Mirren clearly haven't picked up as many points as they would have wanted, yeah, the Hearts game was particularly yeah. disappointing. But they, it feels like they've been in. Pretty much every game they've played there's, there's not a lot in it Which sometimes is encouraging But sometimes it's worrying as well Because you feel like you're doing lots of things right But you still can't get the points that you yeah, hope for Absolutely I think uh, the home form's crucial for St Mirren I think they've got 11 points All taken at home But I think defensively they're okay I think the issue has been in the, uh, the offensive area And um, they'll be looking to try and get something on the road Because you don't want to be going away Time after time Hugh, you're not picking yeah. it up I think the story of their season Is going to be a, a constant fight for survival I can't see them get anything at Pataudry uh, there'll be other places where they might get something eventually away from home but for me it'll be 8 away games 8 losses and just to underline the Sam Cosgrove factor what he means to Aberdeen and what he means in this fixture Alex you mentioned that when he first came in he clearly didn't hit the ground running if you take it over the last 12 months pretty yes. much exactly a year ago he was sent off at Ibrox you remember he got sent yeah. off uh, he had barely scored since then so in a year 37 and 49 I mean at it's any remarkable. level that's a, that's a great return will he be one of the most sought after players in Scotland potentially come yeah, January yeah i done a thing yesterday and says he was one of the top 10 players in the country due to the fact that the goal returned for Aberdeen uh, I felt as if when you mentioned that calendar year there Gordon to score the goals and the man he was doing I look at the boy Stockley who went down to Preston and I thought mm, didn't even reach anywhere near these numbers and he's actually turning it up in the championship people will be looking at him because he's physical size guys like that are sought after doing south uh, did I write him off at any stage is that why he's come uh, away I that's think probably it was he's uh, on yeah the week before he gets sent off it's coming back to me a lump of wood I think a lump was, of wood that's what you call yeah. them yes. yeah I thought so another flawless prediction <laughs> oh, that sounds about right just the four against St Mirren last season as well so I'm sure those St Mirren players know all too well what Sam Cosgrove is capable of but we'll keep an eye on that one as the afternoon progresses let's go to our final venue for Park Motherwell against St Johnston and get some teams with Mark Guidi. Thanks very much, Gordon. Yes, Motherwell uh, back at home this afternoon on the back of their defeat to Hibs last week, but they still sit in fourth position and today they face bottom of the table, St Johnston, who will be buoyed after going down to nine men but still managing a 1-1 draw against Aberdeen last week. And with Hearts not playing until tomorrow, St Johnston can climb off the bottom of the table. There's four teams and 11 points, St Johnston, Hamilton, St Mirren and Hearts will have plenty of incentive there for Tommy Wright and his players for Motherwell they go with a 4-3-3 today it's Mark Gillespie in goals at the back it's Liam Grinshaw Declan Gallagher Peter Hartley and Jake Carroll in midfield it's Liam Donnelly Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth and up top it's Christopher Long Devante Cole and Jermaine Hilton on the bench for Stephen Robinson's team it's Tate Seedorf Mazinga Scott Mugabe O'Hara and Carson for the visitors they go with a 4-4-2 Xander Clark in goals at the back Anthony Ralston Wallace Duffy Jason Kerr and Scott Tanza in midfield David Wallerspoon, Jason Holt Ali McCann and Matty Kennedy and up top it's Chris Kane and Stevie May on the bench for the Perth side is Veeman Wright Swanson O'Halloran Booth Craig sub goalkeeper is Paris and today's match referee at Fur Park is Ewan Anderson OK let's hear from the home boss in that one Stephen Robinson I think our league position doesn't suggest how they've played at times you know it's so tight down there it's, there's, there's not a lot of difference between I 
I think bottom and sixth is there's very little difference between it. So, you know, I think it'll be a hard game. I think they they will sit in at times. So a game where we're going to have to break teams down. But our boys have to take that as a compliment. You know, people didn't used to come to Motherwell and sit in. They do now, and they try and hit us in the counter attack. So that's something we have to be aware of because St Johnson have got pace up top with their front three, and they're dangerous. But um, you know, we have to go in with a real positive mindset, take the game to St Johnson, and you know, try and get three points in the board get us back on another winning run Mark Greedy how important could the return of Liam Donnelly be for Motherwell he I think most people are getting used to his story he was a centre back kind of turned into a midfielder this season he's already got nine goals for the campaign some of them of course coming in the cup um, but he's been suspended I think he was perhaps ill certainly unavailable last week but back in today how important could he be yeah he's a good player uh, I think we could all see that Liam Donnelly he's, he's an important part to what Stephen Robinson does uh, on a match day and as you say Gordon chipping him with goals chipping him with assists he, he's a real menace now uh, middle to front and it's credit to him for turning um, his game uh, around getting international recognition um, as well so yeah he's been a really good player I mean you look at that that three I think they'll be quite a tight three in there Liam Donnelly Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth there's plenty going on and they've got great great options ahead of them the, the pace of, of, of Jermaine uh, Hilton Devante Cole as well um, you know always keeps the defenders uh, busy and, and Christopher Long you know you know, is a, is a, a threat um, up top in terms of trying to get goals too so certainly um, I fancy Motherwell today and uh, St Johnson will have their work cut out uh, The fixture list has thrown up a couple of quirks for St Johnson Mark I think they've just had four home games in a row they now respond by going on a run of three away games they've not won away in any competition during 2019 so that underlines the, the size of the task really for Tommy Wright to turn that around this afternoon Yeah and, and it's, a, you know, it's a great start uh, Gordon but very surprised you know it's not something you would associate uh, with St Johnson but yeah but 2019's not been great for them on the road but this is a chance it's got you in some time but you know you look at the, the league table 13 games played and uh, only two victories uh, out of 13 that's why they're the bottom of the table but certainly um, you look at their team too if Chris Kane and, and, and Stephen May can connect um, up front Matty Kennedy I think has been in really good form um, for St Johnston and David Wallerspoon's a, a threat as well uh, keep it tight at the back Xander Clark might have a busy afternoon and they'll certainly have a chance yeah, just on him, Hugh Keevans, he was busy last week. I know he impressed you against Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, he didn't have far to go, I've told you before. He's my neighbour. He's yeah. down at Fir Park this afternoon. Um, and he, I guess he will be required to be in good form again. He was magnificent against Aberdeen last weekend. St Johnston down to nine men. There was a siege of the St Johnston goal for the last 15 minutes of the game. Xander Clark kept the point in Perth. And when you consider that he started the season losing seven at Celtic Park, he has come away and has shown great form, great consistency. Uh, and that's why Motherwell will not win today. It'll be a draw. It's gone in early on the predictions, I must say. Right, that's you up to speed with the team news across the Premiership. Aberdeen St Mirren, Hibsco Marnock, Livingston Hamilton and Motherwell St Johnson. Some big games down the divisions. The weather is a factor though. Air against our broth in the Championship is off. Frozen pitch, as is Morton against Dundee United. That's off as well. So two Championship games falling victim to the weather. Uh, down a bit further, Albion Rovers against Cowdenbeath is also off. It's a bit cold. So if you're going out to a game, wrap yourselves up as always at this time on a Saturday afternoon we're going to get all the guys involved and reflect on the week's biggest stories in Scottish football that's coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors getting you full compensation is their goal talk to thompsons.com
Alex Ray Craig Beattie and Hugh Keevans in the studio the top team all around the grounds we're building up to Aberdeen St Mirren Hibscombe Marnock Livy Hamilton and Motherwell St Johnston in the Premiership if the wee league down the road is your thing it's finished Newcastle 2 Man City 2 uh, quite a pivotal day you would imagine in the title race but up here Hugh Keevans at this time on a Saturday we always get all the guys involved and look back on the week's biggest stories there's only really one place to start and that's Thursday night once again yeah um, Celtic and Rangers are doing a magnificent job for Scottish football's reputation it's a job that the national team are incapable of doing unfortunately but we hope will be better at some point in the future but Celtic and Rangers for Celtic to top the group with a game to spare uh, is a magnificent feather in New Lens cap and the team's performance uh, on uh, Thursday night minus Odson Edward was terrific shows the strength and depth that they have in Alfredo Morelos uh, Rangers have a magnificent irreplaceable player who will one day have to be replaced because he knows there's a bigger club in a bigger league for him and that will happen one day but not this season if Dave King can say at the AGM we don't want money we want the league title then he is telling you what this season is all about for Rangers they have to get the league by whatever means necessary and if it means turning down tens of millions of pounds from Morelos that's what they will do Mark Greedy, I think we all know the picture by now but if you've somehow missed it Celtic are through and as group winners Rangers only need a draw to join them in next round uh, could very well still top that group as well so looking pretty positive at the moment Yeah it's great you know, for, for Celtic to win a group like that with a game to spare um, I think speaks volumes uh, for them and the, the way they've played in Europe this season speaks volumes for Neil Lennon uh, as a manager and I think it's great credit to, to him and to all the players for the way they recovered and bounced back from the, the Champions League defeat uh, the qualifier defeat to to, uh, to Cluj so yeah they've worked very well good result the other night when you know they didn't need to win the game but were out and played really well James Forrest once again terrific uh, and uh, over in uh, Rotterdam I, I thought the both were brilliant goals but particularly I don't know what the guys think but the, the header for the second goal for Alfredo Morelos was absolutely top draw you know that that that, that is for me that he's grown on me week after week after week but he really is absolutely the real deal uh, and Fraser Wishart the old coefficient we bring it up every now and then we are now sitting in that elusive 15th place can we stay there well it, it looks likely um, it's not quite secured yet but if things were to finish at the moment um, we would secure a second Champions League spot from the 21-22 season so on that front it's clearly a job well done so far by Celtic and Rangers absolutely I'm not sure how many Rangers and Celtic fans are sitting at home on a Thursday night supporting the, the team across the city but uh, the real, real reality of it all is that uh, we need both teams to be, to be doing the business Celtic have done it on their own for so many years and now all of a sudden Rangers are back at that kind of level and are beginning to, to play some good football at that level and, and it's not mugs that they're beating you know it's quality teams it's teams like Lazio Final Porto and I think in years gone by you know there was a real disappointment amongst the Celtic supporters when they didn't qualify for the Champions League which is, which is understandable it's brilliant financially to qualify get the glamour of the big teams coming but the reality is that our clubs now will, will struggle to compete at that kind of level and that's the way it's going to be because the, all the money is going to the big teams so I think now you can see a change in the supporters dynamic as well where particularly Celtic supporters are beginning to take it a bit more seriously you know they got over the disappointment of the Champions League they've had some fantastic nights there some great big teams but the reality is that uh, if we've got a good run in Europa League on the field of play is, is probably the, the more realistic prospect even though the, the Champions League brings the money so great to be talking positively every single Saturday after after a, a European week every single week so far and just hope Rangers can do it 
we're just going to get over the line. A tough one against young boys who, who were possibly going to be the whipping boys, but are actually one of the better sides in that group. If they can do that, then we get Celtic Rangers playing in Europe in February. That'll be fantastic for our game. Yeah, I mean, Roger Hanna, has this season in Europe surpassed your expectations as far as the Scottish clubs go? Yeah, we have to tell the truth. Of course it has. When the draw was made and Celtic were drawn against an Italian team, a French team, and the team that had just put them out the Champions League qualifiers, Gordon, you wondered whether they would get through the group. They've won four games in the trot, having drawn in France. First time ever, 13 points, won the group. You can't ask for any more than that. Rangers, as Fraser said, a team from Holland, a team from Portugal as well, and yet they're top of the group and you rightly said a point does them in match day six but if we were to win at home to young boys burn they top their section as well and that would mean both teams would be seeded in a draw for the last 32 an easier draw and also a second leg at home in Glasgow it would be an incredible achievement probably as big an achievement in continental competition as we've seen maybe since Rangers were at Manchester 11 or 12 years ago they couldn't be drawn together in the next round of Not course Roger well, I think we're trying to save that for the final just so we can get a really good end of season trip away with uh, with all the guys on the show um, have you already cast your mind to looking at the, the possibilities I know a lot can change but there's some interesting draws out there yeah well a lot can change and I think the 12 seeded teams um, and the best four dropouts from the Champions League well, the 12 group winners I should say and the four dropouts from the Champions League would be drawn against the 12 runners up and, and the four dropouts with the worst record so uh, there are a lot of ifs, buts and maybes Gordon but you, you never know I mean could it be an Arsenal could it be a Wolves someone like that one of the Champions League dropouts there could be tasty draws there equally if you're lucky there could be a favourable draw and you know either or both of the teams could, could they get to the last 16 could they get beyond why not Rangers against Wolves the Alex Ray Derby as it would be known Hugh Keevans how is Gdansk at the end of May anyway do you fancy that Cold, probably cold uh, but yeah uh, it'd be wonderful wonderful to look ahead to that <laughs> Uh, we have to, I think, be grown-ups and address the elephant in the room at the same time. Celtic and Rangers magnificent on the park. Uh, in a week when Celtic have had to take action against their own fans and leave seats empty. And when Rangers have a magnificent result and look forward to young boys in Bernard Ibrooks, they are living with the fear, the fear, not the reality as yet, but the fear of the ground possibly being closed to all fans because of... Uh, sectarian chanting the clubs are magnificent on the park off the park Celtic have this inconvenient necessity called the Green Brigade they are a monumental pain in the backside sometimes but but they do bring colour and passion to the ground if they can cut out the profanity and the pyrotechnics Rangers under Steven Gerrard have been terrific in Europe last season and this season how ridiculous but they are living with the fear of the ground being closed because people can't live in the 21st century. Yeah, Roger Hanna, this is a story on the back page of your newspaper amongst others this morning. Bring us up to speed on how you understand the situation at the moment. Um, The situation at the moment is that the hierarchy at Ibrox are having a very uncomfortable weekend. They will learn at the start of the week what is in the contents of the UEFA delegates' reports that go back to Neon. Um, You'll remember at the start of the season, part of the Brimland Road stand was closed closed by UEFA. It was then Rangers took the decision to close it a second time and also not take any tickets for the trip to Switzerland for the first game against Young Boys. And at the time, Rangers put out a strongly worded statement, Gordon. They basically told the fans, this needs to stop or they'll shut the place. 
And unfortunately, a minority of supporters in Rotterdam on Thursday night seem to have forgotten all about that statement. And they've now left their club in a situation where they fear a partial or full stadium closure for their biggest home European game of the season. It'll affect the players and it'll also affect income streams. Imagine 50,000 tickets at 25 or 30 pounds a go. Um, there's prize money to be played for as well. If you've topped the group, it's uh, it's more valuable than the runner-up in the group or third in the group, Gordon. This could really impact Rangers, both in terms of their finances and, of course, their reputation. Uh, Mark Greedy, there's still a bit to go on this. There's no point in prejudging anything. It might be that there is no case to answer. It might be that there is no punishment. But clearly there is a situation there which will be worrying people inside Ibrooks and the majority of the fans you would have to imagine yeah and, and that is a sad thing you know you're right it's a majority of fans that, 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 that might miss out and you know listen nothing might happen as you say we don't know Roger's saying we'll, we'll find out Monday or Tuesday but what is unfortunate is that for the Rangers supporters and for Stephen Gerrard and for the board they are having an uncomfortable weekend when they should be celebrating another good result in Europe the chance to top the group going into the last 32 big uh, game tomorrow at home at home Hearts as they chase the, the top of the League Cup final next week and um, you know it is a shame and when things are going so well on the park for, for both our, our big clubs in Europe it's a shame that we, we have to come back and, and deal with some of the supporters that, that let their club down I mean, Fraser Richard, that's probably an interesting point Mark picks up on. This stuff isn't right at any time and it doesn't really matter when you do it. It's always wrong, but in the midst of everything going so well on the field, what an unnecessary distraction for us to be talking about. Well, from a Rangers perspective, can you imagine the, the sort of end of a, a fantastic European run and, and the ground's partially closed or fully closed or, or you know, who knows what kind of action's going to get taken. But, uh, you know, I speak to supporters and they'll come up and they'll say that, you know, UEFA are really heavy-handed, their zero-tolerance approach is wrong and they may well be right, but that's what it is. And if you're getting warned for your behaviour, whether it be a banner, sectarian singing, whatever it would be, pyrotechnics, if you're getting told, well, you can't do that inside a ground that has a European competition, you have to abide by that. And, and if a team's getting up getting warned and fined and personally closed grounds if you do it again it's just going to get worse and, and I, I just don't get the mentality of the supporters that continue to do that and they're going to damage their club in, in the long run and Neil Lennon says it's cost him a player all the fines with, uh, together would have, would, have, would have got him a player as well so disappointing that we're, we're talking about that again and those supporters that go to these games you have to abide by those rules whether we like it or not you know some roads are 30 miles an hour speed limit we might not like it we have to abide by it and so, that all they're doing is damaging their football club. Celtic's uh, chief executive Peter Lawwell said something at their AGM, which covers both clubs. Yes. Uh, when he said that uh, his supporters, the ones he had to lock out of Celtic Park on Thursday night, said the problem is they don't accept that they're doing anything wrong. Yes. Now, there's a, a, a chilling account of what it was like to be in. Uh, Rotterdam during the week uh, by a colleague of mine, John Greken, uh in the Daily Mail today, and clearly, Rangers have got fans who don't believe they are doing anything wrong either. So we we can see it; it is as clear as the nose in your face. But uh, we have a problem, a societal problem, uh, and society's problem is coming inside Celtic Park and Ibrooks. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, some of these supporters and supporters groups do bring a, a, a mass of colour and excitement to, to grounds that are sometimes otherwise fairly quiet, you know, and, and it's a great entertainment, but there's a line that you can't cross. And UEFA are not just looking at Rangers and Celtic. UEFA are, are dealing with, with countries where there's been ethnic cleansing, never mind anything else. So they just take a zero tolerance to all this stuff. They just look at it and there's no mitigation, there's no circumstances. They just say, did you do it? Aye. Fine, punished, sanctioned, grounds closed. So I think those supporters that think they're going to Rotterdam or wherever else and that these things are acceptable, it's not. And they have to learn very, very quickly because UEFA are strong in these matters. They take no prisoners. Uh, like we say, though, plenty of positives on the footballing front. So let's touch on those before we move on because they certainly do deserve to be spoken about. Sure. Alex Ray, what do you make? I'm going to record myself saying what did you make of Alfredo Morelos' performance just so I can play it back every show that we're on because it seems like you can't keep the guy out the headlines yeah. for the right reasons this season you can't stop scoring he's now breaking records from a Rangers perspective yep. from a Scottish club in European competition perspective and he just seems to be getting better he's getting stronger and stronger all the while Gordon the first half he was pretty anonymous due to the fact that Rangers didn't really put a high press they were re- relatively timid and, and were fortunate to get away with uh, 1-0 at half time however and second half I said uh, I was doing the co commentary that I felt as if when he's playing with a skill on his face he's getting at people and it's almost as if he's angry and it manifests himself and the rest of the guys behind him pressing and getting the, the, the team going up the pitch but in the manner and the construction of both goals uh, it was excellent because it's not something you, you see a lot of them scoring the, the different types of goals but his second goal was absolutely outstanding because he had to generate the pace and Craig obviously being a striker when you're having to direct that back across and away for the keeper with pace because there wasn't a lot of uh, pace from Barisic's cross uh, and the, the disappointing thing for Steven Gerrard is that he didn't hang, hang on longer than three minutes because if he could have seen it and managed that a little bit better but there, there was signs towards the end of the game that they learnt from uh, when they were over in Bernhue uh. because they're chasing a winner Whereas they were keeping it in the corner and going, right, OK, a point's good here. So they, they are learning as a group. Craig sorry, Hugh, I was going to ask Craig as a header of many balls, um, just how impressive that second one was. Yeah, I think the first one as well, his, his movement to the back post, I think he's timed it very well because uh, the defender's in close proximity for the first one and he's kept his eye on the ball and got a clean contact across the goalkeeper. You know, that's what you teach young players to do. Uh, the second one, the movement to get across the defender to generate the power in the angle. I think the angle's important as well when you're heading yeah. the ball. You, you don't really want to get the keeper anywhere near it. So just to get the, a bit of power in the ball and the, the angle to keep it away from the goalkeeper is fantastic. And he's scoring all types of goals as well. The one against Porto Ibrox recently, but he opened up on his left foot and drilled it in the bottom corner. So... We're seeing right foot, left foot, header. At the minute, there's, there's nothing the boy can't do. Rangers have got four games in a short period of time. Hearts at home tomorrow. Aberdeen away midweek. Celtic in a cup final a week tomorrow. Then young boys coming to Ibrooks with the place in the last 32 at stake for Rangers. With Morelos in this form, you can dream of four wins. So long as Morelos maintains his form, you can dream of four wins. Uh, Mark Guidi, whilst we're talking about strikers, Celtic were without Odson Edouard on Thursday. Does that make what they did even more impressive? What did you make of Lewis Morgan? Are we perhaps seeing uh, suggestions that he could force his way in for a bit more action in the coming weeks? Yeah, he certainly didn't do himself uh, any harm and, and Neil Lennon spoke well of him. He's obviously, Neil Lennon and the, his coaching staff have been, have been challenging um, Lewis Morgan to believe himself in a bit more. Uh, to show a wee bit more uh, aggressive intensive trying to force his way into the, the plans and he certainly responded 
positively um, on, on Thursday night and uh, you know for Celtic to go and beat um, Wren at home and, and, and do it fairly comfortably as you say Gordon without uh, Odson Edward uh, speaks volumes but I, I don't think it's something that uh, Neil Lennon want to make a, a, a habit of us he's been asked again about the possibility of bringing a striker in January and, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain that's something that Neil Lennon and the club will, will want to do and, and certainly try and do when the, the window opens in four or five weeks time Mark, see in terms of Lewis's goal on Thursday night how, how good was his movement? You know, he, he's gotten in the middle of the box he's actually went to his right he's pulled the defender away and his timing for his run across the defender to create that yard of space to get the, the sweeping finish I thought was it was that of a, a seasoned striker rather than you know a, a kind of player who's been very much bit part to this point what does this mean though Mark Greedy because Neil Lennon again saying you know not too keen on the idea of sending Lewis Morgan out on loan but on the same evening Mikey Johnson came back from injury and <laughs> he played his part and then some you've got El Yunusi still there and everyone knows all about Celtic's wide options so it's, it's an extreme congested area of Celtic squad yeah it, it is and then um, you know as Craig was saying I mean, you've, you've, you've probably kind of forgotten the quality that, that uh, Lewis Morgan possesses because he's, he's not been involved um, very often this, this season but you know you remember him uh, you know terrific left foot terrific right foot by the way you were playing through the middle there the other night and, and, and helping and, and doing his bit but you're right they have got options that I think if Celtic can try and get Scott Sinker out the door then it, you know it, it, it takes one less um, for, for them to, to deal with but if they can't move him on and, and loan or permanently in January then maybe Lewis Morgan or Mikey Johnson somebody might might have to go but then if you're Neil Lennon you're thinking I don't, I don't want to risk anything you know because it's going to be a massive second half of the season they're into the last 32 of Europe uh, they're fighting for the title etc etc so I don't think they've been a rush to let many guys um, go out the door particularly when you know you've got somebody like Lewis Morgan who showed on Thursday night he can come in and do a right good just before we move on then Hugh sum that all up for us Thursday night before we begin to look forward uh, a tribute to Celtic and Rangers a tribute to Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard a great thing for Scottish football and we can only hope that Rangers do join Celtic in the, the round of 32 and we can only hope that they avoid each other in the round of 16 and uh, I'll see you in good answer yeah, he's got his passport looked out already Right, let's leave that one there Because we've got four fantastic fixtures In the Premiership this afternoon Aberdeen against St Mirren Hibbs, Kelly, Livingston, Hamilton And Motherwell St Johnston We'll go back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com 15 minutes to kick off between Aberdeen and St Mirren Hibs Kilmarnock, Livy Hamilton and Motherwell St Johnston tomorrow is Ross County Celtic and Rangers against Hearts so we'll build up to those a bit later on as well but the four main games this afternoon let's go back around the grounds and get a flavour of the build up let's start in the capital Hibs against Kilmarnock Roger Hanna and it's incredible what difference a few weeks can make not only to Hibs not only to the league table but a key part of that Roger has been Christian Doidge five goals in his last three games for a guy who again was written off by Hugh uh, no surprise there um, he's heard the criticism he's taken on board and he's turned himself around Roger Hanna well everyone at Hibernian seems to have turned themselves around to be honest with you Gordon what you Keevans used to describe as the Edinburgh Festival under Neil Lennon had become a lethal lament under Paul Heckingbottom um, prior to Heckingbottom sacking they hadn't won a 
league game since the opening day of the season here against the Milne. They had seen the, the worst Hearts team for many a year come here and beat them in their own patch in the derby and there was misery everywhere you looked at this football club. But Eddie May changed things. He scored four goals, his team scored four goals at Perth. Jack Ross then came in, he's built in that with back-to-back wins against Motherwell and St Mirren in the last week. And if they were to win today against Kilmarnock, Gordon, amazingly, they draw level on points with Angelo Alessio's team in fifth place in the league table so it just shows you how quick things can turn around and the manifestation of that is Christian Deutsch he looked miserable he looked out of place he looked a dreadful signing at £300,000 or whatever it was and all of a sudden now he's got Florian Camberi up there alongside him he's got Scott Allen operating just behind he has a player transformed the truth is through any football season you'll, you know, you'll play well far less than people imagine there's a lot of games where you just have to find a way to win and um, we talk about that a lot you do all your analysis and prep but the, the bottom line the last thing you speak about is winning the game you've got to find a way to win it I was looking back through the previous meetings Roger thinking when was the last time Kilmarnock won at Easter Road it was five and a half years ago and it was the day they consigned Hibs to the playoffs and when you think of what Hibs have been through since then going down to the championship making hard work of that at first a Scottish Cup win coming up Neil Lennon losing Neil Lennon and everything else that's been crammed into that five and a half year period I'm sure the Hibs fans will be hoping that this is the start of um, a bit more of a straightforward era after the last maybe season a bit yeah but the Kilmarnock fans who have arrived away to my right here at Easter Road will probably look at the other side of that coin and say will Jewel win here and, and they'll come through buoyed for the performance and the result against the other Edinburgh team at Rugby Park seven days ago those three goals in an eight or nine minute spell at the start of the first half swept them to a, a, a comprehensive victory and it could have been a lot more against a dismal half team last week so they'll be full of confidence a blow losing Eamon Brophy who played well last week just back from Scotland duty he misses out Osman so hasn't seen a lot of football since he arrived here in August on loan from Dundee United so it'll be interesting to see how he can trouble Paul Hanlon and Ryan Portis at the heart of that Hibernian defence but I think the feeling around Easter Road today is it could be four in a row that's the feeling around Easter Road what about the feeling around Pataudry Dave Galloway how would you sum up the mood of the locals in a week where Dave Cormack has announced he will become the chairman Stuart Milne will stand down fresh investment a partnership with Atlanta United is this all exciting stuff or are there still some reservations about where Aberdeen go going forward well there are uh, those amongst the Aberdeen support that uh, are uh, you know um, doubting Dave Cormack's sentiments but you know I sat down with on, on Monday, also spoke to Stuart Milne, also uh, spoke to um, the the new uh, director that, that, that came in as well. It was a very uh, positive, Darren Eels is, is his name, um, it was all very positive indeed and the vast majority of the supporters that I've spoken to Gordon, it has to be said uh, you know, they're really up for what is happening at Aberdeen Football Club they can see what um, Dave Cormack uh, will bring to the plate apart from £5 million of fresh investment He's got all his US contacts, of course, and there's a genuine excitement. And, and also, um, Derek McInnes uh, appears confident that he'll get more money to spend in uh, January to, to strengthen um, Aberdeen's hand. You know, of course, of the Dons.
battling with Motherwell for third place. Uh, so you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of excitement. It was it was a, a strange Sunday actually because there was doom and gloom after a, a desperately disappointing performance against uh, St Johnson in the 1-1 draw, and then just a few hours later with the news that Dave Cormack's coming in, fresh investment, etc. Everything changed, and for the last few days, it's certainly been on the up and up. Dave, your namesake, Dave Cormack hinted at the possibility of Aberdeen not moving from Pithodri and building a brand new ground on the outskirts of the city. Do you think that's the best thing to do? Because I don't know that you can build a team fit to challenge Celtic and Rangers while trying to pay for the cost of a brand new stadium. It has to impact on Derek McInnes. Well, Dave Cormack uh, assured me when I sat down and had a chat with him, Hugh, on Monday that uh, the first priority is building a successful team on the park. And as for the challenge of raising money for Kingsford, around about £45 million or so, uh, you know, he's refusing to press the panic button. He's been a very successful uh, businessman um, in America by, as he put it, taking things in bite-sized chunks and just doing a little bit. Tick that box, move on to the next goal, move on to the next goal so he's he's in no doubt that it's onwards and upwards for Aberdeen now let's keep going round the grounds then Livingston against Hamilton watched by Fraser Wishart at the Tony Macaroni at Fraser it's the combined run of form or lack of form I should say in this one Livy 1 win in 11 up against Hamilton 1 win in 13 so um Interesting to see something gives this afternoon. Yeah, I think it's a big day for, for both teams. Excuse me, fighting against the, the Tannoy system around here. They're announcing the teams, but uh, yeah, a big game for, for both of them. When you look at the teams around them in the bottom half of the, the table, you're, you're seeing it going to take shape with Ross County uh, and St Mirren and St Johnson all down beside them. And, and I don't think it will change too much from now in the end of the season. I don't see them be dropping off, so it's going to be very tight. But it's, it's really unlikely that particularly St Mirren and Ross County will, will get anything this weekend or certainly win. And even St Johnson a tough one away against Motherwell so today could be a, a good day for both these teams or for either of these teams to, to, to win because the teams around them won't pick up any points but uh, neither of them is playing particularly brilliantly when you look at the stats they're not scoring many goals they're conceding more than they usually do usually there's a bit of stuffiness about Hamilton we know how uh, well, last year was based on a strong back four but the top scorers of uh, Lawless has got five and Oakley four and then below that there's guys in twos and threes and penalties etc so that's where the, the, they really find it difficult is finding somebody to score the goals at the front end while they're losing more than they should at the other end and that combined is, is not good for either of them I, I don't see there being a lot of goals today I think it'll be very close and for me I, I do think it's going to be a draw I'm just looking around me here at the stadium which which isn't uh, I know where near feels it usually is not but the main stand with Livingston fans and there's only a few hundred if that maybe lucky there's 150 200 Hamilton fans here as well so it's going to be a very low crowd not a great atmosphere they're going to have to generate their own atmosphere uh, and for, for me I think we're in for a, a long 90 minutes I don't think it's going to be pretty well, that's fine you can just sit and count the fans then if the game's not up too much you can count <laughs> and get back to us at half time that was Fraser Wishart let's hear from Brian Rice going to Langston is really really difficult it's, you look at the record at home it's fantastic you know yeah. I have the utmost admiration for everything at Langston Football Club for the manager to know the owners uh, it's a local club for me I'm from that area uh, and what they've achieved is fantastic on the same sort of budget that I've got. What is it about going to Livingston that makes it a difficult place to go? Everyone talks about how difficult... Now you just say that. Everybody talks about it. Mm. It's in your head. When you play the old firm, it's in your head. Livingston have brought up a reputation of being uh, competitive, uh, direct. But people forget about how good 
they have got some really good talented football players Fraser Wishart, it's easy to scoff like I did about the size of the crowd um, and talk about the teams on a difficult run but the reality is th- this is two clubs punching well above their weight and anything close to survival is a success for them and he's disappeared he's fed up he, he really has gone to count the crowd he's, I, he's disappeared I know what he's doing he's counting the legs and then dividing by two that's how you count the crowd <laughs> but same question to you same point to you Hugh Keevans yes we, we know they come with a, a small crowd certainly when these sides are going to meet each other yeah. but they are punching well above their weight and being in the division is a credit to them correct uh, it's very very difficult to, to pick out a winner of on a day such as this when as Fraser said uh, the Tony Macaroni is like the moon there's no atmosphere Uh, so I think Livingston might just shade it Uh, Hamilton Ackies did reasonably well against Rangers last weekend Uh, might have created a shock had uh, Mikael Miller taken the chance that came his way but they're not good travellers Livingston I'm not exactly pulling up trees either. I just think it will be a real war of attrition, but Livy will just get there in the end. And just finally, before we get to kick off then, the last visit would be to Motherwell against St Johnson. I think we're struggling to speak to Mark Guidi at the moment, so I'll put it to you, Alex Ray. We mentioned factors such as Liam Donnelly coming yeah. back into the midfield for Motherwell. Murray Davidson suspended for St Johnston. How do you see that one panning out? Yeah, for me, I think it'll be a home win, Gordon. You look at the, the players that they've got at their disposal. I think one of the key things for Motherwell as well, they've got a strong bench. You know, they've got pace uh, throughout. And uh, you look at St Johnson, the boy May hasn't really hit the heights that he once did. He seems to be regressing. Uh, they've got young Matty Kennedy, who's a decent prospect. But in the main, I fancy uh, Motherwell to go through today and win yeah, that. Motherwell have had two hard games recently as well to, to Hibs and Celtic. You know, a resurgent Hibs and a, a really strong Celtic. So we could probably forgive their last two losses. But if they've got a, you know, a real ambition to, to push Aberdeen for this third spot, and mm-hmm. I think we fully expect Aberdeen to beat St Mirren today. And if they do that and, and Motherwell fail to win, there, there could be four or six points gap in there. So that's Motherwell against St Johnson, Livingston against Hamilton, Hibs, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen St Mirren they're all coming next we've got the first half teaser and all the usual fun on a Saturday afternoon kickoffs after these Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors compensation you deserve when there's been foul play talk to thompsons.com oh and it is full time how late was that from Dario Del Fabro Hibs against Kelly here's Roger Hanna Hibernian and two, Kilmarnock two. I'll tell you how late, Gordon. The last kick of the game, Dario Del Fabro rescued a point for Kilmarnock. It keeps them three points clear of Hibs in fifth place in the Premiership. But it was a spectacular collapse from Jack Ross's team to deny them four straight wins. They led from 18 minutes, a ball in from the left by Scott Allen. Up went Christian Dodge with a killer keeper, Laurentio Brunescu. He got his head to it before Brunescu could lay a glove in the ball, glanced at home for 1-0. Hibs dominated the first half. Deutsch could have had a hat-trick Melker Halberg also denied by Brunescu save Joe Newell dragged the shot wide of the post when he could have hit the target just before the break but Hibbs did get a second goal just two minutes into the second half by Kintas Slivka he was a played the ball out to the right hand side of the box and there galloping in from right back was Jason Naismith fast a powerful high shot past Bernanescu into the roof of the net for 2-0 at that stage Kilmarnock had barely been seen as an attacking force and Hibbs looked as if they were just going to charge away with the game but then suddenly Kilmarnock turned the game and he said Stephen O'Donnell fired a shot over from 25 yards after 51 minutes Chris Maxwell then had to make a terrific save to deny Rory McKenzie after 57 minutes Hibbs started making changes off went Scott Allen off went Florian Camberry 
Kamara get back into the game in 65 minutes. Chris Bork, a corner from the right. Hibbs had a couple of chances. He clearly couldn't get the ball away. And Alec Bruce smashed it past Maxwell from close range for 2-1. That was all the encouragement they needed to start throwing everything forward in search of the winning goal. They should have been level when Chris Burke unbelievably missed a tap in at the back post from substitute Liam Miller's cross. Then just a couple of moments later, Miller missed a chance at the back post from a Stephen O'Donnell cross. It was all Kelly at this stage, but they just looked as if they were going to run out of time. But then, in the fourth minute of added time, a dramatic equaliser. They threw everyone forward. O'Donnell from right back fired the ball into the box from the right. And there was Del Fabro to steer a right foot shot beyond Maxwell and just inside the far post an incredible comeback that had Angelo Alessio on the pitch dancing in celebration of getting the point here it looked an unlikely point the super scoreboard man of the match has to be the man who got that dramatic equaliser at the end Dario Del Fabro disappointment for Ross though Hibernian 2 Kilmarnock 2 and it's also finished up for Park between Motherwell and St Johnston Mark Guidi full time Motherwell 4 St Johnston 0 and a convincing victory for Stephen Robinson's men against a very sorry St Johnston side. They opened the scoring in the 29th minute. A Jermaine Hilton cross was met by Devante Cole from six yards and he bulleted a header past Xander Clark. That was really about it for the first half. One or two wee chances here and there, but nothing of note. And then Motherwell to- took total control right after the break. They made it 2-0 in the 49th minute. It was a Peter Hartley header from Liam Polworth. Corner kick, seven yards out. The big central defender put it into the net with a header. On the 59th minute, Devante Cole was clean through. He should have played in Christopher Long to give him a tap-in, but he tried to shoot himself and the ball went wide. St Johnston had one or two wee attempts, but really nothing to to trouble Mark Gillespie. Matty Kennedy, the short of the side, netting Chris Kane, fired one just wide as well. And then in the 72nd minute, it was 3-0 once again. The goal coming courtesy of a corner kick. It was sent in. Declan Gallagher got up. His header came back off the crossbar. And there was Jake Carroll just loitering at the back post to put it into the net. And it was the route was complete in the final minute, 4-0. And it was a substitute, Christy Mazinga, on his debut. He came through, ran through with the ball and just with lovely, with a left foot, he just stroked it past Xander Clark from 11 yards. So a great win for Motherwell for St Johnston. It was a sorry game to watch for their 281 travelling supporters. They remain bottom of the league and without an away victory in 2019. Full time at Fourth Park, Motherwell 4, St Johnston 0. And your Super Scoreboard Man of the Match, Mark? Super Scoreboard Man of the Match is Declan Gallagher. There we go, Declan Gallagher getting the nod from Mark Guidi. Let's go to Pataudry. It's finished Aberdeen against St Mirren, Dave Galloway. It's finished Aberdeen 2, St Mirren 1, Saints passed up, a decent chance to score in the first minute, Andrew got in behind the defence and his half volley was well saved by Lewis, but the Dons went ahead after 6 minutes, Hedges cross, headed clear only as far as Cosgrove, who calmly swept the ball in from round about 12 yards, however the visitors had made the stronger start and deservedly drew level after 23 minutes, uh, Obika squeaky, uh, squeezing in at Flynn's cross from close range, that coming soon after, 
at the other end, Ferguson heading Viner's cross wide when it looked far easier to score. All in all, the Paisley side with more efforts on target than their hosts in that first half. However, the Dons looked much more threatening when the second half got underway and 10 minutes after the restart, Hedges crossed from again to rifle the ball high into the net from 12 yards. St Mary went close when Ubika's header across goal was just beyond McGuinness at the back post. Then at the other end, Campbell's stinging long-range drive was too hot to handle for Haladki, but Aberdeen let St Mirren after that come back at them as they looked content to sit on their lead. Saints not creating too much, but Andre should have done better than send a 10-yard volley into the roof of the net, onto the top of the, the net there. After 83 minutes, the Buddies won a penalty, though, when Lewis uh, brought Obika down. However, Lewis himself redeemed himself with a fine double save from Andre. Not a convincing performance from the home team, but they managed to just about get this one over the line. It finished Aberdeen 2, St Mirren 1. And Mike Clyde won a super scoreboard man of the match, Don's keeper Joe Lewis, for that fine double penalty save late on. It's also finished at the Spaghetti Hard Livingston against Hamilton. Fraser Wishart. Livingston nil, Hamilton Ackies nil. A poor match all round. The result perhaps no surprise and no real surprise in the way the game panned out. A better point for Ackies, who spent most of the game on the back foot with any quality coming from Livingston. There wasn't much of that on show at either end. A few chances in the first half fell to Livingston. Uh, the Hamilton Ackies centre-back Sam Stubbs under no pressure. Miskicked. He let in Lyndon Dykes, who cut the ball back to Pittman, whose shot was well saved by Ackies goalkeeper Luke South. Within the 14 minutes, uh, a loss in the free kick from the left. John Guthrie, the big centre-back, got his head to the ball. At the inside of the post, when he's going to cross goal, Southwood managed to get his hand to the ball, flicked away from goal. Livy claimed it was over the line, but Willie Collins said no. There was nothing from Aki's in attack. Livy, the best team in the first 45 minutes. They start of the second half. Game is a similar pattern. Robbie Crawford, the Livy midfield player, 20 yard shot deflected. It caused problems for Southwood, who managed to keep out. Then Aaron Taylor Sinclair got his foot to a loss in corner. It hit Sam Stubbs in front of goal and went wide. Livy players claiming for handball. And Willie Collins again said no. And this raised hopes of a better second half, but it was not to be. Yaki showed nothing in terms of a threat. They're hardly near Sarkic's goal until 75 minutes. Young Lewis Smith on the right hand side did really well, took things into his own hands, drove it to Libby back four, step over, got a yard on his right foot, and his shot was just over the junction of post and bar. The other end, Guthrie gets head to Jacobs free kick across the goal. London Dykes couldn't get a touch at the back post. And Stephen Lawless had a half chance, but his team shot was straight at Southwood. But for all their play for Livy, they couldn't, in the last 30 minutes, they just couldn't cut the Aki's defence open. Plenty of endeavour, plenty of effort, plenty of commitment, but not much in quality in the final third in front of 1,076 people and my super scoreboard man in the match Brian Easton, the Aki skipper outstanding at centre-back and made many many key interceptions to keep the score level full-time here, Livingston nil, Hamilton Aki's nil. Right, come on then, the floor is yours 01419511025 let's hear from you. We are at a game today, were you following the results? Quite simply, what did you make of it? If you're in the happy camp I guess you might be a fan of Motherwell of Aberdeen If you're in the Not so happy camp You'd probably be St Johnson Hibbs For throwing away A two goal lead um, Maybe St Mirren You'll be somewhere In the middle Because you did pretty well At Pataudry You had the chance To pull level From the penalty spot But you couldn't take it And if we're Wanting a really 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 unhappy camp That's Partick Thistle And Partick Thistle Alone Hugh Evans. Well those who left At 3-0 In the first half Will have landed Back in Glasgow <laughs> now 
So you can give us a call Yeah let's hear from you 01419511025 We'll look ahead to Rangers against Hearts And Ross County against Celtic tomorrow as well The open line is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com The full time scores from the Scottish Premiership Are as follows Aberdeen 2, St Mirren 1, Hibs 2 Kilmarnock 2, Livingston 0, Hamilton 0 And Motherwell 4, St Johnston 0 In the Championship Alloa 0, Inverness 2 Dundee 1, Queen of the South 2 And Dunfermline 5, Partick Thistle 1 Air United are both and Morton Dundee United both postponed due to a frozen pitch In Scottish League 1, Airdrie 4, East 5, 0 Clyde 1, Dumbarton 2 Falkirk 3, Stranraer 0 4 for 2, Peterhead 1 And Montrose 0, Wraith Rovers 1 In Scottish League 2, Albion Rovers, Cowdenbeath was off Also due to a frozen pitch Annan 6, Cove Rangers 1 mm. Brecon 1, Stenhouse Muir 2 Elgin 1, Stirling Albion 2 And Queen's Park 2, Edinburgh City 1 in the English Premier League it finished Newcastle 2 Man City 2 Burnley 0 Crystal Palace 2 Chelsea 0 West Ham 1 Liverpool 2 Brighton 1 And Tottenham 3 Bournemouth 2 01419511025 That's the number you need to get in touch Are you just out of a game? Let's hear from you How was it? It was absolutely freezing I know that for a start But what about the football? Who was good? Who was bad? Who was indifferent? And of course we can look ahead to tomorrow's action as well So get all your thoughts in right and early, nice and early 01419511025 Craig Beatty, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Taking your calls Well, it's a day for kicking yourselves uh, St Mirren must be kicking themselves They were 2-1 down, got a pen Penalty, a late penalty I know that's why the goalkeeper's there To keep the ball out of the net But you are kicking yourselves Because Tony Andrew missed the penalty If you are Jack Ross You're kicking yourself Because he had a two goal lead Over Kilmarnock at Easter Road And Kilmarnock to their great credit Have come back to make it 2 all. So Jack is busy kicking himself Fraser Wishart is kicking himself For going to Livingston versus Hamilton Ackies No people there 1,000 and something in the crowd and no goals uh, But If you're Tommy Wright You'll be kicking yourself For a long time to come Because you lost 4 nothing. You bought the league And you're going nowhere Yeah absolutely I uh, predicted all the results today Gordon It's good to get a knacker up After 14 games So uh, But you're right the, the, You're looking at Hibs there You're 2-0 at home yeah. uh, we, we have said for numerous weeks They are a soft touch You know they've obviously Had a couple of uh, important results recently Catapulting them up the league uh, You look at Partick Thistle as well Gordon 5-1 Losing a player as well So he'll probably not be available for next week So big problems at Partick Thistle And of course tomorrow Craig The Europa League sides come back into it Celtic and Rangers getting the rest Following Thursday night um, Celtic first up in Dingwall And then Rangers at home to Hearts So a lot to look forward to there as well Yeah absolutely Massive It's always Big weeks, big games for, for Rangers and Celtic You know, they're, they're continuing to produce in Europe We said at the top of the show that's now shelved And it's back to domestic stuff tomorrow Celtic kick off at 12 o'clock, Rangers at 3 o'clock And both sets of fans, managers and players Fully expecting maximum points Let's get stuck in then 01419511025 on the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter And Hugh from Lanark is first up tonight Hi Hugh Hi Gordon, how you doing? Good, thanks We at the Motherwell game today, I take it I was uh, First of all Evening to the panel Hi there Hi Hugh um, Yeah I was at the game I was obviously seen that um, Earlier on there But Our first half performance today Was the worst I've ever seen I think I think Mark Greedy Was at the game for us today Yes He'd probably obviously Not given you A goal and a half time report anyway No um, And I don't know what happened In the changing room But obviously Robinson's been through them 
at half-time because the difference in the team in the second half were a lot sharper. Passes were going to feet, but not trying to play 70-yard diagonal passes. Um, the finishing, I think, could have been better. We had a few other chances he didn't finish, but again, it's good to score four goals, clean sheet at home. You're not going to get any better than that, and I know St Johnson's a poor team at the minute. I thought they were very poor against Aberdeen last week. But the first half, first 25 minutes, I thought they were far, by far the better team against us. Um, and if they'd actually scored, they actually did fear for us today. But in the second half, they just folded when we when we scored the second goal. They just, I don't know what happened to them, but I'm only concerned about Malone. It's great to see it. It's just to see what the panel thought, especially Mark, because he was at the game. Well, Mark's better way doing his work right now. But, He's going to uh, speak to Stephen Robinson for us, so we'll bring you that soon. Hugh, I'll talk to Hugh, and it's an echo. <laughs> um, I think the, the important thing for your team, Hugh, is that Stephen Robinson specialises in winning the games he should win. Uh, and St Johnston would be looking at a game like Motherwell and thinking it would be a great help to us if we could get something here. But Motherwell, as I say, specialise in winning the games they should win. And this is another example of it. And Stephen Robinson continues to do an outstanding job. It's a real feature of Stephen Robinson's time in charge of Motherwell, Alex. We yes. spoke about it during the break. By and large, and you know, we've been quite general here, it's not backed up by stats or anything at the moment. But he beats the teams Motherwell are meant to beat. Yeah. His record against the bottom six teams is always very good. And that, that gives you something to build on rather than that roller coaster of getting, you know, somehow beating Celtic or Rangers and then losing to the team bottom of the league. Motherwell just seem to get the business done in fixtures like this one. Yeah, they seem to have that consistency now, Gordon, as well. Uh, four different goal scorers today. They've got a midfielder last season, Turnbull. They've got Donley, Liam Donnelly this, this season. Uh, plus, I've got about four or five guys who can contribute to the top end of the pitch. Uh, Charlie Dunn's coming back as well. So uh, it's so positive. And you're absolutely right. I think that's a key thing. And I think if you emphasise, if we beat the teams round about us, and obviously the teams you're expected to beat, it gives you a good opportunity to get into that top four or five here. And that's exactly where they are at the moment. You know, they're only three points off Aberdeen, who have a fortune more than, 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 uh, than Motherwell. And it just gives them a little cushion to Hibs, who are in six, because you want to keep kicking on, putting that momentum. Uh, and keep charging forward Hugh the guys were talking during the show about Liam Polworth and Declan Gallagher and the fact that they were brought in on free transfers to Motherwell and where they stack up in terms of the, the sort of best pieces of business done by clubs this season you must be absolutely loving their contribution Oh I thought I've seen that Polworth the last couple of games I don't know what's been up with him he's not been his usual self but Polworth and especially Gallagher I mean I've been on the show before and Obviously, try to get Declan Gallagher in the Scotland squad, and I think Steve Clark was listening that night. Gallagher <laughs> is well probably done, the best. I, I, I do try myself, Alec. I do try my best. Um, Gallagher has been outstanding for us. That's another. He, he actually physically strolls through the game. Now, I sent on to obviously Craig today, who I go with, uh, and we actually says today that Gallagher will probably, if Aberdeen sell McKenna, which we think is going to happen, we can see Gallagher going to Aberdeen. And that's where we can see his next move going to. And not that we want to sell him, but I'm just we're obviously looking further on down the line. But Polworth in the middle of the park is a maestro. How we've got the two of them on a freebie, that is the best bit of business you'll get. No no, no cost to the club. You might get a, a striker that's going to score you 20, 30 goals, but these guys are actually doing the business for us, and it's great to see them at our club. I mean, in that position, David Turnbull is the outstanding player, young player of the year in Scotland, certainly one of them last season. 
You all know what happened there You don't really need me to go over it But it's devastating for him And for the team You think you're going to be without That creative force in midfield You bring Liam Polworth in for free From Inverness And by the 30th of November He's already got 10 assists Craig That's an unbelievable return Yeah the, the, the stats in the, re, the return Is absolutely magnificent And you know So much so that we've mentioned it we, we tend not to even mention Tumble Because With all due respect He's not been missed that much because the stats have been so good and Steve Robinson's done a, a tremendous job to you know first of all well, with, with the recruitment and then fitting them into the team um, but also the, the, the players around about them the, yep. the Carroll the Hartlett the Coles like you know, they're, they're just playing really really good football and they had a couple of blips as I, I touched on earlier Hibs who have been resurgent Celtic I think you can excuse that and I think if they could have picked a match today it would have been a home match Probably against St Johnson, whose only main positive so far has been Xander Clark, and you know what they've, they've went about their business in a professional manner today, and, and and it seems like normal service has been resumed, or did, what has been normal recently. Did we see enough of this guy, Christy Mazinga? Hugh, he scores that wonderful overhead kick in pre-season, and Motherwell fans start a sort of tongue-in-cheek campaign to get him signed after scoring such a spectacular goal. He does sign. We don't really see much of him for the next couple of months, and then he comes on and scores in his debut. Well, we actually signed him. Yeah, I think. Honest, a lot of the Muller fans he's actually hit the nail on the head there but a lot of the Muller fans wanted him because he scored a pre-season goal overhead kick spectacular overhead kick and wanted him signed straight away I don't think we've seen enough of him now we did sign him and he has been injured so he's gradually came back but he's a he's, he's a good sized guy he's, um, and I just hope we obviously can try and get the best of him like we have done Devani Coles came on to have a massive game today he was playing out wide in the first half get put in the middle of the park for the second half and absolutely destroy St Johnson at the back. That was the difference. He was putting himself about take players on, and I think that's his best position. But Manzing is probably an outfield, uh, a winger, who likes to come inside. Take Genie School Brown today, and it was a pass into the net. It wasn't a hat. But I, I want to see more of him. I don't think we've seen enough of him. But hopefully his, the sign of him works out as well. OK, a good day at the office for Motherwell Hugh and Lanark certainly enjoyed it We'll hear from Stephen Robinson soon As soon as Mark Guidi has spoken to him It's 0141 951 1025 Ian is a Partick Thistle fan on the line Ian, if you can choose a clean word To sum up Partick Thistle today What would it be? <laughs> I can't really Diabolical is probably the best uh, I can come up with without saying anything that I shouldn't Um <laughs> The panel keeps going on about the fact that Ian McCall needs to be given till January, the transfer window. If Morton won their game in hand, which was postponed today, Thistle are then seven points adrift from third bottom. There are four more games to go before the transfer window, and that group of players really needs to take a good hard look at themselves. Everyone says they were doing well away from home, picking up results. They can't even do that now. Even with ten men, they managed to beat Morton at home, where they've been poor. Uh, they go to Dunfermline and lose a man early on and just totally capitulate. Uh, there's no excuse. They can't blame Ian McCall, um, but the players really need to take a good hard look at themselves. He's told them they've got till January. Uh, I think some of them time's up for them already. But there's nothing that Ian can do until January. He can't say your time's up. He needs them to play because they are all he has. And clearly, Ian, they're not good enough. But the reason why we bang on about January in the window Is that that is the only time when you can physically do mm. something about it And at the same time though Ian McCall is a very good manager As he's he proved with air He's an experienced manager yeah. He still would have backed himself to come in and make a difference With the players that they've got you, you, you can't always take over a club when they've got a transfer window in two weeks time So you have to somehow yeah, set them up differently 
And get results And yeah. at the moment It's obviously not happening Well as I say To lose a player And a goal In the first five minutes of the game That's bad But it need not necessarily Signal capitulation Which is the word that Ian used there But they have capitulated And probably got off lightly At 5-1 uh, So of course there are concerns And they will If they were For whatever reason Unable to sign anybody In the Jan- January transfer window The likelihood is Partick Thistle will be relegated Because the squad's not good enough But There'll have mm. to be some Wheeling and dealing done it's, it's interesting when you look at some of their, their actual players Zanata did very well last year, Gordon He scored a, a, a load of goals You've got Kenny Miller uh, Who always pitches in with goals And you've got Joe Cardo you know, uh, uh, And I'm talking about generally here Because obviously you lose a man today Then it becomes a bit of an issue And they've caved in But And then you look at you guys like Craig Slater Stuart Bannigan Saunders Tam Aware obviously gets sent off There's a nucleus there You would, And I mean this is only because I don't see a lot of them on paper you would like to think That they are capable of getting something And getting away for that trouble But it doesn't seem as if they're going to get away Ian, football's got a habit of biting you in the backside As I'm sure you've noticed over the years What about Kevin Nisbet? He's brought through at Partick Thistle He's let go by the club Goes to Wraith Does ever so well Moves to Dunfermline And he scores four goals against you this afternoon Was that just a case of rubbing salt in the wounds? Uh, you just have to ask the previous managers To let him go uh, obviously he brought them through the academy And they never gave the guy a chance He had a couple of games And I thought he looked quite good And for some reason or other He just didn't seem to fit the bill uh, Clearly obviously better than what they've got So that was another boo-boo letting him go uh, my, my worry is that Ian McCall is a good manager And I would have thought that he Knew the players that he, he was coming He was inheriting when he came there he must have thought that he could get something better out of them, but he's got so far. Something's going far wrong there. I don't know what it is. Um, but the danger is now, by the time January comes, it could be so far adrift, it doesn't matter if you sign Messi, we're never going to catch the teams in front. Well, they're not uh, adrift of Aloha. And at the moment, that's just about the only saving grace, Ian. Um, Ian is a good manager, Ian McCall. Uh, he does appreciate that the squad he has... Uh, is not as good or anything like it as the squad he left behind the Air United. Uh, but he has to battle through until the window opens. He must bring in other players. Uh, he has inherited the sins of previous managers in terms of the players who are there for him. It is not good enough. They will be relegated unless they get in a better standard of player and a braver player. Because today was capitulation And you can't have that You know I think the positives That Ian McCall can take it At this present time Is that the ownership situation Has been resolved um, And the fact that When he did come in There was a little bit of an impact With the, the victories up in Inverness And up in Dundee So his team have showed That they can produce results When it counts at times uh, They just have to get that bit more consistency And I think that the third bit of consolation Is we're not that far away from the January window and, and Ian looking to strengthen Suppose the concern For fans like Ian Would be though The longer this goes on It looks like those results That you speak of And they were good You're right But it looks like They're the exception Rather than the rule You know If you do that yeah. two, two out of four for instance You think okay Listen there's some good Some bad But the yeah, longer yeah. it goes on You start thinking That they were Kind of flash in the pan type thing You're nothing I get that But you know I've probably said that From a, a viewpoint of that Under Gary Caldwell I don't think they would have Went up to Dundee Or they would have went up to Inverness And actually scored three goals In both their matches And got the wins um, Whereas they have done Under Ian McCall So 
you know, it's now up to him to, to regalvanise the players. And you know, I'm sure he'll have a word. I'm sure they're getting constant reminders about the yeah, because some tough fixtures are all beats when you look at some of them that come up in the in the near future. You know, the Fonda and Alec, they're yeah, all tough. I, listen, I, I know I take that point on board, but when you look at it's Queen of South away, who have just nicked a good result uh, today up at Dundee, they've got Inverness, Dundee, and then Morton, yeah. and then the big one, Alloa. Final word to you on this one, Ian. Uh, I'll just hope uh, Santa's kind to us at Christmas <laughs> <laughs> That's something we can all hope that's, that's a profound note to leave it on I think Thank you very much to Ian in Bearsden But when Alec reads out those fixtures That's a killer You know Culminating in Alloa uh, I mean if they Fall uh, Away from Alloa Then they really are in bother You know Alloa are only two points away from them But Morton are four points away With a game in hand now Because he didn't play today Queen of the South are seven points away from Partick Thistle. So you're, you're starting to drift. Dunfermline, 19 points, seven better than Partick Thistle. Mm. They are starting, Thistle and Alloa are starting to become detached. They always say in football, one game at a time, don't look too far ahead. We've got no choice because the draw for Euro 2020 is taking place at the moment. So technically, it lays out the path that we will take if we get past Israel and then get past Norway or Serbia. This is for the finals. Now remember, this thing is sort of regionalised, if you like. It's split across different host cities. So if we make it to the tournament proper, we will be in a group with England. We know that already. We will definitely be in a group with England, but we will find out... Who else would be in that group Hopefully before 6 o'clock These draws do, do tend to take their time uh, But the draw is taking place at the moment And we'll bring you news of that And the rest of today's managers As soon as we can Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ree Here to take your calls on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's 01419511025 At Clyde SSB on Twitter um, We are in the midst of lots of exciting club football reaction Because it was an interesting day in the Premiership and beyond We've got two big games tomorrow And the draw for Euro 2020 is taking place at the moment Bear with me We need to get past Israel We then need to get past either Norway or Serbia, Serbia. Once we do that Because obviously we will Once we do that uh, We get to Euro 2020 Where the draw has been made at the moment We are guaranteed to be in a group with England Because they are our neighbours So if we get there We will be in a group with England It would then be one of France Poland Switzerland Or Croatia Tofi And then one of Portugal Turkey Austria Sweden And Czech Republic So not to ruin your Saturday night right And I know we're definitely getting ahead of ourselves But if Scotland make Euro 2020 We could very easily be in a group of England, France, Portugal and us Uh That's quite simple I'll mix it up and make make it a bit easier for you England, Croatia, Portugal and us Quite simple, just break your holidays for that time and just well, leave the country We would just be happy to be there Wouldn't we? Imagine Yeah it would be absolutely tremendous and, Not uh, when England are four boost. up You won't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah but I think They would most certainly Like to be actually there Particularly when it's on your own uh, Patch absolutely. as well Absolutely Alison We'll keep you up to date With that as the evening progresses These UEFA draws Do take a while Hopefully it will be done Before six o'clock I can't promise anything though uh, It must be said Right let's start looking ahead To some of tomorrow's fixtures As well We heard from Stephen Gerrard a bit earlier on Let's hear from Neil Lennon Here's what he had to say On the topic of Ross County We're good form Difficult it's, it's away from home It's Quick turnaround And obviously a long Long travel on Saturday So 
get the players recovered as, as quickly as we can. It's a difficult game. We know our priority is the league, so we can, you know, we finish with the European terms of competitiveness, and now we, we can fully concentrate on, on domestic duties. Ross County had a really good start to the season. They've just come off it a little bit, but they're at home. Teams raise their game when we're in town, so we know how fraught the, the game could be. But we're in a good place. We're not taking anything for granted, and we have to stay really focused now because the games are coming thick and fast. The manager of Wren described Celtic Park as a cathedral of football. Celtic are going from the cathedral to the tenants' hall of football uh, in Dingwall, uh, and I sometimes think twelve o'clock kickoff, Dingwall, Ross County, but. Celtic have to show a real proper attitude when they, they go there. They have to get the three points, have to put whatever pressure Rangers might feel when they're playing hearts. Uh, and Celtic undoubtedly have the players. Whether Odson Edward plays or not, Celtic have an array of talent that should mm. be good enough to record a comprehensive win over Ross County. Well, Laurie's a Celtic fan on the line. He's got a few things on his mind, Ty Laurie. Bano, good evening. Hello, Laurie. Uh, first and foremost, it's several weeks since I've been last on the show. I, since uh, I was last on it, Hugh has celebrated his 70th birthday. So, he Hugh, has. a very belated happy birthday to you. You're very kind, Laurie. Thank uh, you. You've been called many things over the years, <laughs> Hugh. Yeah, dear now add the word septuagenarian. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make three brief points, uh, all relating uh, to my own team Celtic, if I can. Go for it. Uh, number one, uh, we exceeded all expectations uh, and won in the group uh, in the Europa League uh, group stages. Unless I'm mistaken, I think we were seeded from the third pot uh, in that competition. Mm-hmm. So we, we really have done extremely well. And it has, to a large extent, compensated uh, for not qualifying for the, the Champions League uh, group stages because that's, let's be honest, that's where the real money is and the, the £25 million bonanza that went, w- would have went with it. But that's is quite. I'm quite happy by way of consolation uh, that we we are where we are just now. <laughs> Secondly, uh, I'm glad to see Greg Taylor getting some game time now at Celtic. Uh, I think that he's a more natural uh, defending left back than either Bolingoli uh, or Johnny Hayes. As Johnny, the latter being more like a, a makeshift left back, although both uh, have acquitted themselves pretty well. But I think that Greg Taylor would be my number one choice. And thirdly, a welcome and timely return for Lee Griffiths, especially if there are any doubts about Edward's uh, fitness over the next few weeks as we, we enter a very hectic schedule coming up. The panel's thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just for accuracy, Hugh, Celtic come out of pot two, not pot three, but that doesn't really matter. It doesn't no, take no. anything away no, from the achievement. But just just, just so we're clear, um, what do you make of Laurie's points? Um, it's a great shame, Laurie, for Greg Taylor that he has come in, he has done very well. He can't play in the cup final for one reason that I find unfathomable. Mm. Because he played for Kilmarnock in an earlier round, he can't play. I don't understand that rule. You played for somebody in an earlier round. Now, I'm not talking about Greg Taylor or Celtic, I'm talking about in general. I do not understand that rule and why it still stands. Uh, it, it just seems to me. A daft rule But anyway It, it rules uh, Greg Taylor Out of the game Against Rangers Therefore Celtic are going to have to hope That Johnny Hayes um, Is back to full fitness Because uh, Bolly Bolingoli 
clearly is injured and hasn't been heard of. You know, not even mentioned in uh, terms of being on the verge of coming back. So I think uh, Johnny Hayes, Celtic will do everything they can to get Johnny Hayes back fit for the game against Rangers. Uh, Greg Taylor can play tomorrow uh, and perhaps Johnny Hayes will come back against Hamilton in midweek. Without getting ahead of ourselves, Hugh, in terms of, I didn't realise that Greg Taylor was cup-tied and I think that may well be a factor because, as you rightly said, Bollingoli has actually been missing for a while now. Johnny Hayes is struggling with an injury as well at the moment and he was receiving treatment. So he was probably the best option uh-huh. for next week's cup final, you know, in terms of the possibility of actually playing at that left-back berth. Yeah, I mean, but up until he's getting injured, he was actually in before Taylor. Taylor, Taylor was in the bench and actually came yeah. on to replace him after he kind of done his shoulder. So, <laughs> apart from bowling, he can make that left-back his own for, for a space of a few games. It will be interesting. As Alex says, yeah. no point in getting too involved with, with getting ahead of ourselves. But as things stand, Bollingoli and Johnny Hayes, who both have... Don't seem to be that close to returning Have a week to get patched up uh-huh. Or we could be in another Callum McGregor at left back situation Well that will never happen I mean surely Well, well, some, well someone's going to have to play well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got three right backs Then back, you get Elhamed El- going there or something and, and Frimpong and Oh there we go like. There's your answer to last week's debate Frimpong or Elhamed This might end up being both. them both It could be them both yeah, yeah. So There we go But uh, Callum McGregor at full back Rebounded on Brendan Rodgers It rebounded on Neil Lennon if you do it a third time, you deserve it to rebound on you. You can't take away McGregor's effectiveness where he is properly mm. used and start playing him at fullback. So, as you say, El Hamed, uh, we're told that he could play all along the back four. Now might be his chance. Who I still don't think that you could rule it out entirely because I think it gives, even though it hasn't worked in the past, it gives that kind of natural balance to a back four. I think it's something that Neil would certainly have to think about. Whether he would go with it in the end, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, as I say it might be a case of one of the right backs has to move to left back but we've had this scenario with Scotland with Robertson and Tierney where yes. no one of them goes to right back and you don't get that natural nat- natural balance to the side Laurie given what you said about Lee Griffiths and given the current situation with Odds and Edward would you start Griffiths in the Highlands tomorrow? Yes I, I think he needs game time have every confidence in Lee Griffiths he's a he's a guy with a proven goal scoring uh, record uh, and I think maybe an hour uh, would would do him the, the world of good. Uh, his return is timely because uh, although we, we did very well midweek uh, in Edward's uh, absence, we do need uh, a second striker uh, uh, available for selection. So I've every confidence in about Lee Griffiths, and I'd be delighted if Neil Lennon uh, picked him to start tomorrow. Good man. Thank you very much to Laurie for the call. Tomorrow then And bear with me I'm building up to the cup final Do Who's got the tougher fixture? Celtic because it's away? I've got it I was expected to be one comfortable Gordon okay. Purely for the point of view is Rangers have been very dominant at home And Ross County haven't won an eight And sure. Celtic have been prolific away as well. Wednesday night though There's no doubt about that with, yeah, totally Because Rangers 100%. go to Pataudry And Celtic are home To Hamilton so. Aberdeen aren't very good But Alec touched upon the point Earlier on And it's Perfectly true When Rangers go to Pataudry The Disharmony between the two Mm. clubs is such uh, At the two sets of supporters That uh, It becomes A harder match Than You might Think on paper Because Aberdeen clearly Mm. uh, Are Far from firing in all cylinders Uh, Rangers are But when they face each other Aberdeen Will get better The reason I ask is just 
in the context of who you can make changes against and, and perhaps who you can't. You know, yes. for let's take Odson Edward. We're not entirely sure how fit he is for tomorrow. Um, but over those next two games, building up to the cup final, you you would think you would see him once, wouldn't you? At least. Without a doubt, yeah. yes. It depends what he is in his in his recovery, Gordon, and, and what are you going to risk him and so forth. But uh I take the boys' point in terms of tomorrow. I think you can actually uh, you can gamble. Uh, you may get Lee Griffiths. You might stick with uh, Lewis Morgan. You know they've got other options. You could put Christie up there as a false nine and just get runners going beyond him. So there's so many more options available to Celtic. Uh, I just think because of the neck neck the, the, the changes. If you look at Neil Lennon over the time that he's coming back for Europe, it doesn't make a lot of changes. No, whereas no. Rangers have done most mostly uh, Defoe. So. It's an interesting period for both teams at the moment. It's it's, it's cut through it now. I mean, the, the one false move and you might have had it in terms of winning the title. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's 12 o'clock. You just need to go over that. It doesn't matter if it's a long, long way away. You have to go over that. Nothing matters. You have to go out there and play as you know mm-hmm. you can. Celtic have to do an Aberdeen uh, on Ross County. They went to Pataudry after a European tie. Everyone wondered, oh... Might be a chance of a shock here. And Celtic absolutely destroyed Aberdeen. They were four up by half time. That's the kind of thing they have to do tomorrow in the Highlands. I think coming back off the, the European matches and you look at the next three fixtures, which which culminates in a cup final next Sunday, I think if you're going to make changes, tomorrow's the time to make the changes. Um I think both clubs in, in terms of the fixtures And how difficult they're going to be I think both clubs Have got really favourable fixtures yeah, tomorrow cool. Yeah and, and rather than your changes Being enforced Due to injuries Due to players mm-hmm. being fatigued Or being overworked And you don't really want to be Enforced to make your changes If you want to make them You want to make them on your terms As a manager And I think tomorrow Will be the day to do that I mean from a Rangers perspective then Alex What might that look like Might this be a day for Greg Stewart, Greg Stewart yeah. For Nikola Katic I've got uh, bonus just a couple of names that yeah. spring no, to no, mind. No, no, I take your point on board, Gordon. I think if it's going to be change, I think it'll be in the middle of the park or in the offensive areas. For, for me, you always try and keep your back lane yeah. as, as solid uh, as you can because it looks as if they're they're starting to get together. You know, there was periods at the left back berth. You had Flanagan, you had uh, Andy Halliday, and Barisic has more or less cemented that. The two centre halves seem to be building a decent relationship, and Tavernier bombs up and down gives you that mm. natural width on both sides. So, if anywhere, Gordon, I would say maybe the middle of the park, uh, a rebo possibly could come into into shape. You have uh, Jones back in the mix as well now. He he's there. Brandon Barker, uh, Greg Stewart, uh, and again he might go with Ojo because having seen uh, the European games, it tends to go with Ojo quite a lot. You know, on that on that right hand side, he's got pace and things. He hasn't quite. Hit the, the heights in the last couple of games However You know he's got options Gary's a Celtic fan from Blantyre Hi Gary Hi lads How are you Gary? You alright? I'm alright I'm good thanks Good man um, What's on your mind? Uh, on the topic of On the topic of uh, West backs um, Ahead of the cup final next week mm-hmm. um, I would actually be quite comfortable With you Do you play left back for Celtic next week? <laughs> cup, you know um, is that after, I, I, after, I is think, that after his uh, exploit and beating me and keeping up since <laughs> Monday night? Well, is that what that is, Gary? I, like, I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> obviously he's a bit of a player. He beat you. So. Yeah, listen, well, listen. If you'd have seen last night stuff, I think it was two you got last night. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. to normal service resumed. What we're getting to, what, for what, what, we're, what we're digging down to though, Gary, is this you having a, a bit of a go in terms of how confident you are ahead of that cup final? Well, do you know what? I listen to this. I listen to the every single night, and every night I. Uh, every week you hear Rangers fans saying 
this time, this was last season we would have lost that game but we only won that game um, Rangers scrape was always against mediocre teams we played against a good team this season against us the Highbrooks and they were schooled so I'd expect nothing nothing less next week as well in the top panel I just think we've got too much for Rangers so um, I, I just I get your boots on you you know you're entitled to say what you think a week in advance of the cup final but it's dangerous to assume that the cup is won before the game is played and I I do take on board that Celtic had a terrific display at Ibrox and deservedly won 2-0 I just think that the the cup final is far more even than you're making out Gary Sure, if Celtic turn up Celtic win that's it End of chat Given where they both are In the league Gary Given where they both are In Europe Given that actually Rangers are through to a final For the first time In quite some time y- You may still well be right that That's not to say That you're not Celtic might win comfortably But would you concede that On paper It's the closest It's you know it's been in recent years Of course it is That would be hard That, that would not be hard Of course it's the closest It's been in years um, Rangers have bought well They've, good, they've had good players no, no denying that but if Celtic turn up, win, end of chat, against empty in Scotland, Celtic turn up, Scotland win, uh, Celtic win, against empty. But then, Rangers, Gary, but then, but then you have days when it something goes up. wrong and Livingston beat Celtic and Livingston at the moment uh, couldn't keep pigeons out of a loft and the only victory they've had for a long, long time was against Celtic. And when Celtic went to Easter Road, and it was Paul Heckenbottom who was in charge. Hibs were a miserable outfit, and Celtic dropped two points there. Yeah, I mean you don't have to agree, but for what it's worth, Gary is saying if Celtic yes. turn up, he is acknowledging yeah, that they, yeah. they they might not. Uh, for what it's worth, I think Stephen on the lines had a nibble, and we'll hear from him. He's a Rangers <laughs> fan. Coming up next, Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray Still here to take your calls And receive your tweets On Twitter Stephen, the Rangers fan Who wanted to have a pop back At the previous conference Celtic fan Has disappeared Stephen, no. give us a call back We're trying to get a hold of you uh, The draw is underway For Euro 2020 If we make it We will be in a group with England Croatia And someone else that should be alright England and uh, the World Cup finalists Yeah listen yeah, No drama the bottom line is You go to a major tournament You play against quality sides throughout Now if we did draw the teams That you mentioned earlier Then there's no doubt in their quality But listen, that, that, That's what players mm-hmm. want to play That's what fans want to watch You want to watch the best available And the best out there and, I don't and want to watch it through your, through your hands Or do you? Uh, listen I think whoever you get You're going to be watching Through I'm your hands mean, Unfortunately yeah. that's where we are as a, as a country But to get to a major tournament Would be a brilliant boost for the yeah, so part would. of that draw is, is underway So England we have to be with them if we make it um, Croatia have also been drawn in Group D So it will be England, Croatia and someone else Should we get past these playoffs Just one to bear in mind Some managerial reaction coming in from today I think we kicked off tonight with a, a happy Motherwell fan Didn't we? Let's hear yeah. from... Uh, Stephen Robinson if we can I think we did have Stephen Robinson I don't know where he's disappeared to um, What else jumped out at you from today Hugh That we've maybe not covered off yet Well uh, Apart from the Partick Thistle situation Which is worsening by the week uh, St Johnson's situation Is worsening by the week as well uh, Livy and Hamilton A goalless lifeless draw 
they will be in a fight for survival. There's a four-way fight for survival going on, and Hearts are part of it. And they're at Ibrooks tomorrow, and they have no manager, no permanent appointment as manager, no director of football. Um, we all agree it's not about mm. knee-jerk reaction. It's not about Mister Right now. It's about Mister Right. But it's been five weeks on and counting. Czech Republic. Sorry, oh, that's, that's the next one. So there you go. If Scotland make it, there's the incentive. We already know what lies in wait. England, Croatia, Czech Republic. Scoosh that. You touched on something earlier on. Gordon Murray had said that from from twelfth place to seventh, there was four points, three points splitting them. And I think already the, the league split into two. I think the teams at the bottom are so far away from the, the teams at the top at the minute. It's, it really is quite alarming. Mm, let's hear Three from Stephen Robinson, six. shall we? Yeah. Let's hear from Stephen Robinson after a good day at the office. Completely opposite of what we had last week. A very good performance on the ball between the two 18-yard boxes. We didn't defend particularly well in the 18-yard box last week and we weren't ruthless enough this week. Total opposite. I thought we were ruthless. The opportunities arose for us. Some of the defending was, was very, very good when it needed to be. You know, Jake Carl's header at the end. Marco Harris header at the end You know, determined to get a clean sheet so that's what wins your football matches it's a, it's a strange game because we, we played a lot better than that we were a little bit flat I thought the whole day was flat I thought everyone was flat the crowd was flat we were flat there was a little bit of a, an illness going about the squad and we weren't at our best but I thought we, we still controlled the game and I can't remember St Johnson had a, a, a real opportunity in the game so very pleasing when you know you can be you can play better than that and still win a sickness bug and a cold going about it was a mixture of both so you know speaking to the boys afterwards a few of them just felt a wee bit below the weather there today and I think you could see that in our, our sharpness and our, our decision making there's Make no mistakes And Johnson are a hard team To break down And as I say the, We were ruthless we, we were like Hibs were against us Last week We were ruthless today And you know Maybe the, the 4-0 Scoreline flattered us A little bit I thought we were always In control of the game We can be better than that It's good for Benzinger To get off the mark as well Fantastic for him um, You know He's waited a long time He hasn't been fit he's, he's been getting there I think his understanding Of the game is still Quite naive But he's got raw attributes That you know Hopefully he's a, another Good find for us it's Still a couple of months For David Tumble Coming back Yes uh, there we go, a happy man Without even performing that well That brings its own sense of satisfaction Does it not? If you can be yep. below your best And win 4-0 in a game in this league Then you'll take it all day long yeah, First of all, that's the positive um, uh, If they've scored four goals against St Johnson Without actually having to perform Then that siren is That alarm oh, yeah, is now yeah, a siren yeah, I, was, I was about to say, Craig How does Tommy Wright feel yeah. When he hears that uh, The manager, the opposition manager Saying, actually we went all that great But we won 4 nothing. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's an extremely uh, worrying situation for Tommy Wright. I'm sure let's keep whizzing around some of the other managerial um, talking points today. What about Jim Goodwin, St Mirren going up there, oh, kicking themselves, Hugh yeah, even said, yeah. you know, missing the opportunity, missing that penalty. Here's what Jim Goodwin had to say. He, he talks about Joe Lewis's challenge um, for that spot kick as well. It makes a difference purely because of the fact he's a top keeper. No disrespect to the second choice keeper, but he's a good keeper and it's a good save. You could say it's a poor penalty. We should do better with the follow-up. But for me, I like the law of the game. I like the introduction of it. I think uh, we see too often goalkeepers making genuine attempts for sliding out with their hands, trying to stop the ball and missing it slightly and then getting sent off. I don't want to see that. And I'm the last person in the world who's going to come out and ask for people to be sent off. So my understanding of the law when I went to the meeting was... If it's not a genuine attempt for the ball, then he's got to go. And for me, he's got to go. John's knocked the ball by him. If he gets round him, for me, he goes and scores. Joe Lewis has stuck his left arm out and almost clotheslined him. But we should score the penalty. 
you know, we've actually been only talking about it during the week, how we've not had one all season. It would be nice to actually get a free hit at goal from 12 yards and, yeah, disappointed. I you know, feel sorry for Tony because he's a top player, top pro, and, you know, at least he had the courage to step up and take it. You know, and we're not going to criticise him too much because, uh, you know, I've missed one myself in my career. Sounds frustrated on a couple yeah. of levels. Yeah. yeah, well, we need to see the incident to see if we agree with Jim Goodwin on that. Uh, truthful man, I've no doubt he's, he's uh, spot on. However, he does admit it's a free hit. There it is, lying in front of you. You're going to get a 2 2 draw at Pataudry if you score this penalty, and you're going to come back down the road feeling that was a good day's work. And not only have you missed the penalty, you've missed the follow up as well. So he will be kicking himself. Yeah, and it would have been against all form. I highlighted, you know, pre-match that they'd only scored three goals on their travels all season, um, and they've missed a golden opportunity to, to score two in the one match today. Um, you know, Dave said at half time that St Mirren were very much in the game, probably on top in the match. So it looks like you know Aberdeen have actually nicked to three points. So there, there's, there's positives there for for Jim Goodwin in terms of his team are playing well. They've had opportunities to score goals. You know. They've only lost by the, the odd goal again, which you know, out with Hearts and Celtic, they've not conceded or lost by too many, too many goals this season. Um, but the negative is they have again lost the match. Oh, let's hear from Derek McInnes then on the same incident. Yeah, I've seen that again, and having spoke with Joe, and I know has Joe come in? Has he yeah, I mean, what was his take on it? He said it was a penalty, but he, he, uh, I think it was maybe. He, did, he used the word genuine attempt to play the ball Which mm. I think is what you've got to have these days Yeah, I think if Joe was really I thought he could have been a little far more blatant And try to pull him down And for me, it was a yellow card I didn't think at the time it was anything more than a yellow card Obviously I'm annoyed and aggrieved at how we can Get ourselves in that situation A straight ball from left centre back into that left channel How that can be um, All of a sudden Running out of our pants and fire and a penalty kick But Joe, you know, St Martin had a chance For 12 yards to get you know, to score a, an equalising goal um, and uh, thankfully Joe has done what he's done for me plenty of times he's worth about as I say 12 points a season Looking forward to seeing that one back mm, yeah, because and listen you can't prejudge it because we haven't we haven't seen it The highlights haven't surfaced But remember with the way the rule works now If it's a genuine attempt to play the ball That's when you'll get away with If that's the right phrase yep. A yellow card Like Joe Lewis has um, If it's a pull though it, it tends to not fall into that category Because how do you pull someone down In a, in a genuine attempt to get the ball Jim, well, Jim That's Goodman's only how we're hearing it Was a clothesline He's, he's yes. put his left arm out And he's given him a, a little bit of a clothesline But what I was going to say It was sloppy from the journalist there You know Derek's very very clever Where he's yeah, asked him he's the asked question him the And then he said So what's Joe's take on it And I had to say The fellas No you tell me Your take on it first And yeah. then I'll tell you What the goalkeeper thinks I, I'm not sure of a reaction after that I think he told you to do one But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one, one for you to pour over Because don't forget mm. Monday night I'll be looking for your howler Of the weekend So it might uh, be a contender Craig's absolutely right they should Someone should have said Well We'd rather hear what you think You're the manager um, Or some other tactic But when he said Do you open in? Yeah uh, What did he say? Then you know That yeah, he's thinking right. Uh, right I'll better get our story right Get here. the story straight What, what a big Joe say Right that's what I think as well Could it be the howler Then the highlight as well Double save after it Howler but, giving but it away anyway, But listen The bottom line here The ball was on the spot Tony Andrew was over it He had the golden opportunity And he didn't take it And he didn't take it twice So It's their fault Just a bit of breaking news tonight If you are just joining us Scotland If they make it to Euro 2020 Will be in a group With England Croatia 
and the Czech Republic It's already been determined I know we've got a long way to go But it is what it is We still have to get past Israel And then either Norway or Serbia But the draw's been made So yeah. if we make it We're in a group with England Croatia and Czech Republic John Belton tweeted in to say Did we actually draw England out? I'm confused here And yeah It is quite confusing It's because there's not one host city Remember it's, it's sort of split across We were It's to do with the, the host cities We were guaranteed to be in a group With England And we are So England Croatia Czech Republic Listen Do you want a positive spin? The last good player to come out of the Czech Republic Was Lubo Moravchik Croatia playing He's Slovakian Well (laughs) (laughs) It's next door It's next door It's close Details Croatia playing Details And uh, England (laughs) Playing details England uh, World Cup finalists he's talking about England are a a spent force You can see that (laughs) We just need Raheem and the rest of them to all fall out um, we've never lost to Croatia By the way According to producer Dan Who just told me that in my ear I just shamelessly blame him um, So there we go It's all there I still have to get there I think we have to just Kind of cool the Jets But it's interesting Because it gives you an idea Of who the potential The incentive Candidates are Alright Hugh Keevans Another exciting day Of Scottish football yeah. And another exciting day To follow tomorrow Sum it all up for us uh, Taking today first Then it's frustration For Jim Goodwin And for Jack Ross Two up Finishing 2-2 at Easter Road It is frustration for Tommy Wright In a major way To lose 4-0 to Motherwell uh, The alarm bells are ringing Or sirens if you're Craig Beatty And if you're Livy and Hamilton Ackies You're glad just to get that point Out of a dull day But tomorrow The ground rules are simple Celtic have to win In Dingwall Put the pressure on Rangers In Govan And if you slip up tomorrow against Ross County or Hearts, you have made a major boo-boo. So there we are in the Premiership today. Aberdeen 2, St Mirren 1, Hibs 2, Kilmarnock 2, Livingston 0, Hamilton 0 and Motherwell 4, St Johnston 0. We are back tomorrow at 11.45am. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff in Dingwall between Ross County and Celtic and then it's Rangers against Hearts at Ibrooks. Please join us. We'd love to have you and the GBX is up next. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.